Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hello, nerds, and welcome to another special CES edition of the Engadget podcast. This is episode 22, I believe, Fillmore Jive. Uh, joining me today, we've got... Richard Lawler on the far end, senior HD editor. Hello. Uh, we got Matt Smith. Um, you are senior editor. That's correct. Hello. And Aaron Saporis, also senior editor. Indeed. Hello. Whole lot of senior up here. Uh, you guys don't get to come on the podcast very often because you're all the way over in that place across the ocean. It's called London. It's called yeah. Michigan. It's not really that far. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, I. I'm sorry, Richard. You live here in uh, America, the greatest country on earth, guys. Uh, we'll see how that goes in a few days. <laughs> hey, hey. I'm just saying. No politics. No, no, politics. no politics. I'm not getting deported today. <laughs> Don't even try it. Um, so how is CES going for you guys? And it is already getting crazy loud over there again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just really like Ford. They are the best. They are very loud, but very good. We, ha we had the same issue on yesterday's episode. I feel like the podcast is just going to turn into us talking shit about Ford's booth at CES. <laughs> they're great. They're great. Just leave them back. Right. We've covered it. We've yeah. covered it. Let's move on. Um, so how's it going for you guys? Uh, it's going great. There's lots of TVs. I I'm all about TVs. There's always CES a lot of TVs. Where the TVs are. I love LG's TVs. Samsung has big, beautiful TVs. Has there ever been a CES without a lot of TVs? No. No, no, I didn't think so. That, that's why I'm always here. On, on a personal level, how's it going, though? You, are you sleeping well? You... No. No. That's not your answer. Matt, how's it going for you? How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty rough as well. This yeah. is not how my voice normally sounds. Um, I noticed last night that in my rush to get into a taxi and get back to the convention center, I actually slammed a sliding door on my big toe. So, if you see me around the show floor, I will be gently limping. Yeah. But you haven't lost the toenail yet, at least. Hey, we're only halfway through <laughs> CES. Aaron, how you doing? Pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Nice early nights. Yeah? Yeah. Lots of gaming products here, so I'm happy. You're actually, like, legitimately smiling, too, which I feel like... He's not like that in real life. <laughs> yeah, it's all for the camera. So, so you're, you're putting on a good show for us, is what you're saying. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. But... Uh, so, what have you guys seen so far? Like, what, uh, what are you excited about? I, obviously, you're excited about the TVs, Richard. And this OLED is a, everywhere. I, yeah. I already loved the LG uh, OLED that we saw last year, and now we're seeing more of the technology. Sony and Panasonic have gotten into it. I, I couldn't be happier. So, what is it about OLED over other stuff, though, that really gets you excited? Like, What OLED does that LCD and the LED backlit LCD televisions don't do is that it has an individual light source for every single pixel. So the contrast can be so much better. You can have very dark blacks, you can have very bright whites, and you can have colors that look amazing. It just makes the picture quality so much better than what we've seen before. Uh, we've seen Samsung raising their game to try and compete with their LCDs, which is also very good, but the OLED that I've seen has, has still been the top. 
How are Samsung not doing OLED TVs? Because they kind of almost invented it with phones, but they're so far behind on TVs. Well, they, it's a slightly different technology. They also tried to make OLED TVs, but they tried a different strategy. Uh, what LG does is they use a white uh, OLED pixel, and then they put color filters over it. Samsung's technology that they showed a few years ago had OLED pixels of each color, and it's just harder to do and more expensive, and that's why they haven't brought that into production yet. So are the, are the prices finally starting to come down? Because OLED is crazy expensive, right? The prices have come down a lot in the last year. No one who announced anything at this show has uh, announced a price tag for 2017. They never do that, though, right? Yeah, that's just, how, that's just how that is, unfortunately. But the prices of LG's TVs last year have plummeted. You can get them for, like, near $1,000, and the picture technology on even the lower, the lower line OLEDs is still amazing. Is it better than a higher-end LED backlit? Like, I think so. Yeah? Um, so, I guess just for comparison, if they've come down to almost 1,000, uh, where were they like a year before that? I think they, most of them started out above 1,500, above 2,000, even for like the 55-inch sizes. So I now mean, you I can get a 55 remember. or 65-inch for, you know, a couple grand. Yeah, most of them were around a couple of thousand dollars, yeah. yeah. And, and the $1,000 ones are going to be larger TVs, smaller? Uh, the, mostly what's available are like 55 and 65 inch uh, versions. Yeah, I think you can get a 75, but the prices on those are still really out there. So beyond just a whole bunch of OL, OLEDs everywhere, what are, we, what are we seeing beyond that in the TV space? Uh, also HDR everywhere. Uh, high dynamic range, uh, which on whether it's on an OLED or on an LCD television makes the picture that much more contrasty. It's a bigger upgrade, I think, than 4K because when you watch something, it becomes so much more realistic. Uh, the sharpness of 4K over 1080p isn't necessarily that perceptible, but the difference between a non-HDR image and HDR, that really makes you feel like you've upgraded. When you're watching Ultra HD Blu-ray or whether you're watching a Netflix or Amazon stream, especially using the new Dolby Vision technology, which is also, they just announced this week, is coming to Ultra HD Blu-ray discs this year. And the, the HDR stuff is also super big in gaming at this point, right? That's their, yeah. They're all like jumping on that bandwagon. Yeah, both Sony and Microsoft have got HDR compatible consoles already. Microsoft's new one is definitely going to have a big focus on that as well. Are you, are you like a PC gamer at all? Kind of. Like I used to be. I'm more on consoles now. So is, is that also moving over to the PC space? Like I, I literally know nothing about PC gaming, like beyond the fact that like I have a Steam account and lots of games that I've never played because of Humble Bundle. There are HDR gaming monitors, they're not very common. It's not big, I imagine it's going to move over, but because monitors like to purpose as a monitor for going on the internet and stuff as well, it's not really been a huge focus. But yeah, we're starting to see like Quantum Dot and that sort of technology that from the TV side coming into gaming monitors. It's just tough because gaming monitors need a really sharp response time, and that's not really what the big TV screens are about. So you're looking for like a one millisecond response time. A typical TV can be like 20 times that. And is, is OLED just not there yet? Uh, that has been a problem. The OLED TVs have a lot of gaming lag. So, so you kind of have to choose right now. And, and uh, they haven't said anything about the next year's model. Say, see if they're going to improve that. Yeah, like only the highest level OLEDs had like a decent enough response time for gaming last year. And what, what's like the threshold for that? What's like... I'm going to pick a figure out of thin air, but like... I, <laughs> really I fast. That's yeah. really fast. Just, I, I just really it, fast. I wouldn't want it above 30 milliseconds, which is pretty fast. I'm lost on all this technical stuff, guys. I don't know why I have a job here. <laughs> it looks for a moment like you were actually going to say something and then just... Yeah. We don't agree at all. 
<laughs> You're the best. Please give me a bonus. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's, that's why I'm on the bloody podcast. Is that it? You're just here to like kiss ass and get the plot, the the bonus. Yep. Yeah. What, what other reason is there for stage stuff? Sometimes you gotta pay for friends. I'm okay with that. <laughs> um. So, what's your favorite TV you've seen so far, though? The LG W series is amazing. They they call it their wallpaper thin TV because it goes directly on the wall. It's 2.6 millimeters thick. It's like a piece of art hanging on the wall. So how do you hang that on the wall? We touched on this briefly yesterday, and uh, unfortunately, the people on the podcast weren't 100% familiar with the mount. The mount that they're using for next year's TV, it uses magnets. Um, like, that's how thin it is. Uh, they've gone away at the high end. You can't even use kind of a table stand for this at all. I've tried putting one on a table stand of the last year's version. It's nerve-wracking because it's so thin. The OLED <laughs> is, like, paper thin. There's no, it, it doesn't really make sense to put on a table stand, so they're just doing away with that at the high end. It's the sort of thing where, like, if you have an overhead fan in the room, it's going to blow it over? It, not necessarily. Once you get it on there, it's very stable, but the process of actually mounting it, uh, my heart was in my throat. I was just like, <laughs> I'm holding so much money. So, all right, so it mounts with magnets. Are you still, like, putting, magnet, uh, like, putting like a mount in studs in the wall, or is this yes. literally, like, tape of magnets? Yeah. Uh, no, you're still putting the studs in the wall, and then I assume that it just basically sticks to the magnets. Meanwhile, Samsung, they've actually integrated a mount into their TV that keeps it very close. It's not quite as close as the LG version, but it's made it so much easier to wall mount this year. And they both have like that crazy thin wire coming down. How does that work? The reason why the TVs are so thin is because they moved all the processing into basically a sound bar, which you can put below the TV somewhere and then it connects with, uh, in Samsung's case, a fiber optic wire. I'm not sure what technology LG is using, but basically a thin cable connects the TV to the sound bar where it does all the sound processing, all the video processing, everything happens there. And then the sound bar is like Dolby Atmos capable. And that's where all your jacks and everything and where you plug everything exactly. in. And I just wanted to say, yeah, you just don't realize how thin this LG one is. Just I really need to find some time really to get out thin. on the floor and see that. They're all thinner than phones, phones, right? Oh yeah, maybe yeah, much, much thinner than phones. Yeah, I think it's like a, it's a few of the American coins. I can't remember which, but one of those very thin American coins. Three of them stacked together. It's about as thick as that. Oh, I think that we, they said it was like three quarters. I think stacked on top of each other. I think sure. that was. The I have yeah. no idea what that means. <laughs> I'm not here to talk American coinage. Not today. <laughs> uh, Matt, what have you seen that's been good? Uh, my favorite thing was uh, last night where I made a journey, a trek to Aria, which is quite a way away from here <laughs> because I had to go see Tinder VR. What is Tinder VR? It's not VR. <laughs> so it's Tinder's kind of promotional thing. They've uh, created these very real looking plastic VR goggles and it's two pairs of goggles connected with a column of plastic. It's like a student art project then. But with philosophy behind it. Now let me give you the sales <laughs> pitch. So the idea is Tinder is an app Good. Look at that. I'm, I'm really intrigued by this. I can't wait. I just think your 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 back muscles are tired and you're just saving energy. Anyway, I've been, I've been standing way too much. I'm just I'm very exhausted. I just want something that lets me be next to a Tinder date as it's happening. <laughs> Tinder VR VR. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure that's in the pipeline. Anyway, the point is Tinder as an app is meant to connect strangers, right? You swipe through. You like the look of a stranger. You swipe right. If they swipe right, you talk. Now the idea is that VR as a thing is very isolating, isn't it? As a technology. You're alone, you wear goggles. Mostly, I'm not sure I agree, but carry on. And uh, so the idea is, this is them connecting people kind of realistically. So those two goggle kits, you're literally like this far apart, you wear goggles, you're staring into my eyes, staring into my eyes, and that's it. 
There is no technology. There's no swipery. Well, you could swipe, but you'd literally hit them. Which would actually be kind of amazing. Yeah, I guess. I'm now much more interested in this. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was your eyes or what, but I like it. I mean, he's got very pretty eyes. Hashtag swipe, swipe right for Matt. Yeah, swipe right for Matt. There we go. So literally just a face tube. Yeah, it was very much just a promotional silliness. But the guys at the Tinder stand, were, they were completely and utterly aware this is just a bit of frivolous fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not the only thing that we've seen this year that's been, like, super weird, frivolous, fun, non-tech technology, though, too. No, no, I, I think, uh, in my write-up, I said exactly that. This is CES. You're allowed to get away with these things. Not everything can be TVs that are very thing. Not everything can be sexy new gaming yeah. projectors and consoles and PCs. So it's all about the stupidity. It's all about the smart hairbrush, a real thing. It's all about the Fisher-Price indoor exercise bike for children. Well, I was actually going to go even be, uh, a bit beyond that, because those are still kind of technology, but we had, like, American greetings. We had Nick Offerman on the stage yesterday, and they showed up to CES with greeting cards and a number two pencil. Like, it's a device like no other hashtag. Like, and it's like... <laughs> I prefer swipe right for Matt as our hashtag of the podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit catchier for sure, but, uh, I mean... Look, as silly as both of those things are, I kind of appreciate them like showing up to CES and going like, guys, put down the screen for five minutes. Just like for write, five. Write a card to your mom. Yeah. Say thanks for the Christmas presents. Interact with another human being. Although I I'm feel trying like not to look at Richard anymore yeah. after that Tinder thing. <laughs> Come on, man. So, but you don't think the VR thing is isolating. I kind of want to hear your argument for this real quick. Just, just give me the too long didn't read version. Okay, there are like plenty of VR games you play alone, but there are loads of developers working on social experiences. So, like, you know what Second Life is? That, yeah. like, game where you have I'm, a second life. I'm not a three-year-old, Aaron. I know what Second Life is. <laughs> sure you do, sure you do. Um, yeah, so this Second Life are doing, like, a social VR thing where you'll be able to create spaces. Yeah. There are plenty of, like, experiments and multiplayer experiences you can have inside VR. I think, I, I know those experiences exist, I just think not many people are playing them. They're kind of there as a kind of gentle it's not, it's not brain massage. Yet, for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, there's not a lot of people playing VR in general, though, right? I am. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you are. Um, I mean, there's a reason that Sony's press conference, they announced, you know, even bigger sales of PlayStation 4 consoles. But they said PlayStation VR is selling very well, but they didn't give us a number because... We're not there yet. And I know from developers that were part of that launch that they're not amazingly happy with their sales. That's the same for every VR developer right now, but yeah. that's a longer conversation. All right, Aaron, what have you been seeing that's been good out there? So CES is usually terrible for gaming, so I was just delighted when you guys asked me to look at gaming stuff. <laughs> but uh, probably the best thing I saw was from Razer. They had two really far out concepts. One is a free screen laptop. I just saw that this morning. Uh, I missed that when it went up on the site, but somebody sent it to me, and I was like, what is this monstrosity? So yeah, it's a 17-inch laptop. That the idea is when you unfold it, two screens pull out from behind. And then you have Hashtag a, a big immersion. Hashtag immersion. Yeah. But it's also super concepty, so it's not working. It's just a mock-up. What was more interesting was their new projector, which they're calling Project Ariana right now. So it can... It's got cameras in the front. It can see where your screen is. You connect it up to your gaming PC, and it can expand beyond the TV screen to cover the entire wall with your game. So you're still playing on the TV, but peripherally, you've got like the rest of the game world like around there. It's super trippy. Like I, I watched the demo maybe three or four times because yeah, I 
It's, it's amazing. If you haven't seen it, go check out the video on our site. Was it was it Microsoft that had something similar to that like a year or two back? They yes. had a... So this is Xbox 360 days. Microsoft had a project, research project, just outside of London actually, where I went to see called Illumarum. It's, uh, yeah, it, that was really cool, but it never came out. It was yeah. a, a research project. I mean, it was always just going to be like basically an art display at this like place. Yeah, this is a product that they're hoping to release this year. It will also work as a 4K projector for home theaters, but um, because it's got the canvas, if you've got like a picture on the wall, you've got drapes, you've got, I don't know, like a bookshelf, it can sense that and it can adjust the image so the image will look flat on the wall. It's like which, a simple version of projection mapping, isn't it? But with yeah, a picture but like, of the yeah, game. We're 3D cameras. Yeah. So that will create a really clear, if you've got an alcove in your room, it will give a much better picture than if you just had a regular projector. There's actually a few projectors at this show that are doing similar things. There's a Casio prototype. Casio deciding to go into shortfall projectors now. And they have one that also, if you project it to curtains, it will make sure you have a very uniform image. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's, I'm kind of, I'm really quite excited to see projectors happening. Well, really? They always I have I want one. Projectors are kind of back. Uh, Sony has a new projector that they're showing off. It's $25,000, not for everyone. Uh, <laughs> LG has their laser short throw projector, and also Hisense showed off a laser short throw projector. The, 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 those short throw projectors, though, uh, they have some pretty severe limitations, right? They, they do. They're, they're not necessarily going to replace your high-end home theater projector, but what they can do is they can be set very close to your wall or screen, so they don't really take over a room. You don't need a dedicated home theater room. You yeah. can just have them in a regular living room and still have a 100-inch 4K screen, potentially. Yeah, it's the idea that you can get 4K out of projector now at relatively reasonable prices. Are there 4K short-throw projectors? Uh, those are the ones that are being shown off. The LG and the Hisense one are both 4K. Oh, nice. Um, but they're still incredibly expensive. Even the Hisense one is, I think, like twelve dollars or $13,000. And Sony's 4K projectors are still also incredibly expensive. So I haven't had a projector in maybe 10 years. Have they improved like the contrast ratio? Have they improved the brightness? I don't have like drapes in my like, the living two, room. The two short throw projectors that they're showing off uh, here at CES are supposed to be bright enough that you can use them during the daytime. Uh, otherwise... The quality of DLP and of Sony's, uh, I can't, I'm blanking on what they call their technology right now, have improved greatly, but you still kind of need a darkened room where you can control the light to be able to see yeah, anything. And I'm never going to have that. I live in the middle of the city with like floor-to-ceiling windows <laughs> and no drapes. Just yeah, make the sacrifice. I was say, do you own curtains? I wasn't sure. Um, yeah. I own one. Yeah, one or two. I own a curtain. It's more important that you have a good home theater experience than that you have like a good decor. I disagree. <laughs> We all, we all know where Richard's priorities are at, though. How, how many TVs have you been through in the last couple of years? Uh, <laughs> you could decline the comment. Double you, digits. Yeah, <laughs> double you, digits. Can, you, can, you can leave it at that. I've heard his house is just t old TVs stacked <laughs> together like a house of cards. Yeah, he has no rules. You should set them all up like dominoes and knock them over. You could, we you do could not do endorse that, that though. <laughs> <laughs> they might be review TVs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them All have right. to go back. I think we have to leave it with that lovely image in our heads. Uh, thank you for joining me, guys. Uh, thank thank you, you for tuning in. Plenty more coming from the stage for the rest of the day tomorrow. And we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of the podcast. And, yeah, that's it. Back to the floor CES. Happy CES. See ya. Have a good time.